Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Good to see everybody in the house. Um, we began a new series. It was last weekend we began a new series entitled what? Does anybody remember what it's entitled? Well, it's kind of a cheat sheet right there, right? Does anyone remember the title of the series? It's right there. Live again. Live again. And we went to Ezekiel 37 last week. We talked about the vision of the Valley of Dry Bones. We don't know exactly what that was, but it was God showing himself and showing something to Ezekiel. And I love how God asked him, just a brief review. He said, can these bones live again? You know, because God asks you stuff he already knows, right? He does that to get you to think. He does that to disarm you. He does that to capture your heart. And the, I love the prophet's answer. He said, Lord, Lord, only you know. I, I'm here with you. You brought me here. I don't, I don't know, Lord, only you know. Well, he began to prophesy and speak. Remember we talked about that last week? You've got to speak life. To live again, you've got to walk around speaking life. Stop speaking death. Scripture says death and life are in the power of the tongue. So you have the power. God has given you the power. Jesus was given authority, and once you've accepted Jesus, you now have his authority to use his name, the name which is above every name. He said, I have given you the keys to the kingdom. So you have the keys. You have his authority now. So speak life. Someone say, speak life. Love that song by Toby Mac called Speak Life. You guys remember that song? Speak life. It's so powerful. Well, then some, some say, well, we talked a little bit about it last week, about speaking and believing and all these things, but what are some other ways I can live again? You know, but how? How can I live again? Here's what I say. To live again, we have to enjoy the life God has given us. I don't want you to miss that. It's going to be so simple that some of you, it's going to go, I mean, sometimes we're slow, but we're worth waiting on, right? I tell my wife that. I'm like, baby, I'm a little slow, but I'm worth waiting on. I don't want you to miss this one because it's almost so easy. You'll, you'll either trip over it or, or ignore it or walk past it. And that is, to live again, you have to actually enjoy the life God has given you. I don't want your life. I've had people over the years, and they thought they had it figured out. They thought maybe the Sinna clan or some of you, they said, man, I want what they, I want, uh-uh, I don't want your life. I want the life God has given me. I will enjoy the life he has given me. It's not just like your life. My decisions have been different from yours. Some say, yeah, but Pastor Matt, you never lived a life in the world. Well, let me, let me brag on God about, about you for a minute. God is strong enough to keep me, but he was strong enough to rescue you. Let's give the Lord a clap offering. I'm no better than you, but we're different, right? But now that we're in Christ, he sees us all the same. Even though our callings are different, he says, you know what? You're called, you're free, the blood of Jesus has delivered you because you placed your faith in Jesus. I've had people over the years tell me that. Yeah, but Pastor Matt, you don't understand. You were never an alcoholic or you never abused substances. I said, I had my own problems. I had my own problems. At a young age, I don't know why I'm bringing this up to you today, but there's, this is for someone in this house. At a young age, a neighbor briefly sexually abused me and it changed the course of my life put a spirit of perversion on me, and it could have wrecked and destroyed me. I don't blame it all on that. I made poor choices as well. But I thank God that I'm free, I'm delivered, I'm holy, I'm healed. And I walk according to the example that Jesus has set for me, and you can too. 
You say, oh, it's because you were born in a pastor's home. No, let's give the Lord a clap offering. Some of the most powerful people I've ever met were not born in a pastor's home. So God can keep you now that he saved you, right? But he is a rescuer. But now that he's rescued you, see, I've been leading you into something. You can live again. You can live it up. Why do worldly people have, get to have all the fun? Huh? Why do, that's a big lie. So, oh, no, they're having all fun. They don't remember the fun they had. I remember some guy years ago, he said, I don't drink because I want to realize and recognize and remember that I had a good time. Yeah. You get to have all the fun now because you're free. So today you can live again. How? Well, we have to enjoy the life God has given us. So number one today, this is so simple. You're going to go, wait, what? Point one, rejoice. you got to learn to rejoice. In Spanish, there's a saying, and it always makes me laugh. And I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's just a basic insult or they're saying somebody has a long face, but they say, una cara de mula. Have you ever heard of that? Una cara de burro. It's like, don't have a mule face. Don't have a donkey face. You ever met someone like that? And they're always like this. I'm saved. Wouldn't you like to be saved too? What's that dog's name, Droopy? That makes me mad. (laughs) Just Droopy and go, I want you to be like me. Let me tell you about Jesus. No thanks. No thanks. You rejoicing is actually one of your greatest testimonies. You being able to rejoice. Because that means God has actually done something in your life, and you're grateful, and you realize it. Someone say realize. That's in honor of my mom. She used to like that word. She'd say realize. you got to be able to rejoice. Now, rejoicing is simply this. It's feeling or showing great joy or delight. I want to focus on you showing great joy and delight today. We talked about being grateful and how it leads to being thankful couple of weeks ago. Well, when you're grateful for something, that's an attitude of the heart. But when your attitude's right, then you speak right. Isn't that something? When you're grateful for something, you begin to thank people and thank God for the gift you've received, for the privilege, for whatever it is. So I want you today, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I want you to show great joy or delight. You say, how on earth do I do that? It's an act of your will. You chose to rejoice this morning. I looked around, people were singing, some were clapping their hands, some were crying, some were raising their hands. You were choosing to worship God. Nobody made you. Nobody forced you. Let's go to Philippians 4.4 in the New King James Version. Philippians 4.4, I love this. It's actually a command by the apostle to the church in Philippi. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. It must be important because he said it once. But then he repeats it and says, again, I will say, rejoice. We used to have a song we sang growing up in church, Rejoice in the Lord Always, and again, I say rejoice. Y'all remember that one? And they'd harmonize and go back and forth. It's so important. Rejoice. Now is the time. Today is the right time to begin rejoicing. I've always wondered what people are waiting for. I've always wondered. Have you? It was my brother-in-law years ago. He told me, um, Adam, he said, uh, I call him my little big brother. Big guy, a little taller than Ephraim, so I got two, two little big brothers there. But he, he told me, yeah, he said, people were, uh, this stuck in my head. He said, oh, yeah, people told me when I was, I was talking to my wife before we got married, they were like, wait till you get married. What? Oh, yeah, it's, it's good now. And you know, they're, hint, they're hinting, oh, it's good now, but wait till you get married. They got married, and he was still happy, and I guess that wasn't good enough for people, and they go, wait till you have kids. 
This became a revelation to me. Adam told me this years ago. He goes, what do you mean wait till? Like, and I liked the gist of what he was saying. He's like, why don't we enjoy it right now and be grateful and thankful right now? Why don't you rejoice right now? So I'll be glad when these kids are out the house. I can't stop them here. They just run around. They multiply it. I don't know where they all came from. All these kids, man. I'll be glad when they're out of here. Hey, enjoy the moment now. <laughs> we got a new puppy. And uh, pretty deliberate decision for us. You guys know that we're dog lovers, and we lost both of our dogs this year. But I'm reminded to enjoy the puppies while they're small because they don't always stay that way. Now, they get more obedient. They get easier to deal with. But I'm, <laughs> I'll be real with you. I love puppies. But I would rather just get a puppy and give it to Jen and go, baby, I love you. Merry Christmas. That's your puppy. I'll see you in the morning. Why not rejoice now? Why not rejoice right now? You have, Luke chapter 2 says, when the angels came to the shepherds, they said, we have great joy, or great news. We bring great news that will bring you great joy. We have great news that will bring you great joy. Jesus was born, and you say, man, I don't know if he was born in December. The big deal is, is he was born, and we celebrate it this season because Jesus was born, and he was born, and he lived, and he died, and he rose again so you could make it to heaven to be with him. It's time to rejoice. Someone say rejoice. Uh-huh. Show great joy or delight. Let's go to Romans 12, 12. Look at this one. I love this. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. I love how that all ties in, even though I'm just focusing on the first sentence there, predominantly. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. Wow, that's three points for a sermon, isn't it? Rejoice, be patient, and keep on praying. And they tie into each other. As you pray, you can rejoice. As you rejoice, you can be patient in trouble. Why? Because we know we can be thankful in all circumstances because this is his will in Christ Jesus concerning us. Is this circumstance God's will exactly for me right now? I may not have the answer to that all the time, but I know his will is to be thankful in all circumstances. Thankful? Just praise him. Just keep praising him. You don't feel like it? Oh, man, some of my favorite times. You're going to think I'm crazy now. Say your favorite? Yeah, some of my favorite times to praise God are when I'm struggling with temptation to say something wrong to have a wrong attitude, I'm tempted with something, or when I'm struggling, I love to praise God and begin to rejoice because you know why? It actually changes the way I feel. It actually changes the way I feel. Not always immediately, sometimes, but I know that it brings God on the scene. Remember, it attracts God to your scene. He inhabits the praises of His people. So people of God, begin to rejoice. Make it a practice. Make it an act of your will. People go, well, I can't rejoice. You chose to eat. Who ate breakfast this morning? Raise your hand. Some of you, huh? Not a lot of breakfast eaters in the house. I did because my wife had something ready, and I ate that thing. It was good. But I chose to do it, and I was trying to make sure. She thought I didn't like them. You guys know what overnight oats are? She thought I didn't like them because I didn't eat them all the time. I'd say, number one, baby, I forget that they're in the fridge. And number two, I wanted to leave extra for you. And she's like, what? I made them. Eat them, right? So this morning... I got out of the shower and said, eat, eat the overnight oats, eat the overnight oats. But I chose to do that. I chose to eat them. I didn't have to. Can you imagine my wife says, come here, baby, sit down. I'm going to spoon feed you. No, I chose. I can't make you rejoice, but you can choose to. 
Now is the time. Someone say now is the time. There is no time like the present. Why wait, right? Why wait? Why put off for tomorrow what you can do right now? I know some of y'all would flip that, but let's, for pur- purposes of this message, why put off for tomorrow what you can do right now? Rejoice. Let's read, let's read Philippians 4.4 4 again. I love the rejoicing in our confident hope, but man, this is exciting here. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Rejoicing takes faith, doesn't it? Say, but it's not all figured out. The bill's not paid. My prodigal son or daughter hasn't come home. My relationship isn't worked out. They're still treating me bad. Oh, man, I'm struggling. I'm I'm having to forgive by faith. I feel hurt. I feel slighted. I feel forgotten. I feel misunderstood. That's why rejoicing takes such faith because you say, God, you're on the scene. You will take care of it. I praise you, God. I'm going to pray. I'm going to do the right thing, but I'm going to trust you. I can't do it all. To me, rejoicing says, God, I'm proving to the world and to you that I know I can't do it all, so I'm going to just rejoice in you. I'm going to magnify you. The God who is more than enough, Scripture says. He's the God who sees and hears. He's the God who is with you. He's the God whose banner over you is, is love. He's the Lord, your shepherd. You can rejoice in him because it's taken care of. I'll never forget. There's a quirky couple that went to our church growing up in Roswell. And uh, I'll never forget the lady told me one time, I still remember their name, she played piano back in the day. And she, she made an odd statement one time. And she looked at me, they were grown up, had kids and stuff, were a kid. And she said, man, it would be nice. She said something, she was a grown woman. She said, dang, Matthew, it would be really nice to be in your family and for those to be my parents. She said some weird thing like that. And I went, what? You, you want to be a kid again with no responsibility? I don't want to go back in time. I may mess up some, like Grandpa Treadwell used to say. Dad asked him one time, said, he said, would you do it all over again? He said, oh, no. He said, I may mess it all up. We got this far by faith. So this lady's saying, she's looking back on the past saying, I wish I could be a kid again. Hey, there's going to be good good times. I, I understand that. You look back and go, those were the golden years. May your golden years be now. May your golden years be now when you rejoice and praise God through the toughest of times. Mom was given five more years of life when she was diagnosed with stage four terminal cancer. And those were some of our best times with mom. Five years. Say, man, I don't know. I I want, yeah, I know. We want more. We want this. We want that. We don't understand everything. But I say unto you, rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Someone say rejoice. Uh Uh-huh. You show great joy or delight. Now, my next point's going to blow you away because it's so deep. It's the deepest point I've ever had. Y'all ready? Let's get back to cara de mula and all that, right? You do not have a mule face. You have a beautiful human face, male or female. You have a beautiful face. Use it to smile and laugh. I just put smile for simplicity's sake. But people that tell me, I've had people tell me before, and it's like, no, I'm praising God. In your heart? Wait, are your tenses messed up? You mean you praised God and you're done? I don't understand. I've had people tell me that. I'm praising God, man. I'm joyful. And I've always done this where I go, in my mind, I don't always just do that physically, but in my mind, I'm looking around going, did did I miss something? Did I miss? You're rejoicing? You say, smiling is part of rejoicing. I put a separate point because people, I'm telling you, they say, no, I'm rejoicing. Mm -mm. 
You should smile and laugh. Let's read through Psalm 126. There's only six verses there, and I just love this. It's talking about what God has done for his people. It's the people of Israel. Remember, all of their promises are ours, and we even have a better covenant now. And when all of Israel accepts that one day, they will be in the better covenant, which is the new covenant, which God created for us as Gentiles, non-Jews, and for them. Look at this. When the Lord brought back his exiles to Jerusalem, it was like a dream. Someone say rescue. That's rescue. When God saved you from hell, when God saved you from your former way of life, from Egypt, he said, man, it was like a dream when he brought us to himself. We were filled with laughter. Can you imagine? God rescued me, but man, I'm bummed out now with everything else. You're going to have moments like that, but don't stay there, please, people of God. Don't stay there. We were filled with laughter, and we sang for joy. And some of you can sing, and some of you can't. I am in the classification of can't. All right? It's just That's okay. Get your worship on anyway. You don't have to be able to find notes to sing. I've figured that out. We were filled with laughter, and we sang for joy. And the other nation said, it's amazing, when you smile and laugh and rejoice... The other nation said, ah, what amazing things the Lord has done for them. I would imagine that people's tendency is not to glorify God when you're just there bummed out, huh? Why would they say God's done great things for him? And you're like, I'm, God saved me, but I'm, I don't know if I can make it. No, God has called you to be filled with laughter and sing for joy. And the other nations will say, other people around you, what amazing things the Lord has done for them. Let's keep going. Yes, the Lord has done, wow, repeats it, has done amazing things for us. <laughs> what joy. Look at verse 4. Restore our fortunes, Lord, as streams renew the desert. Some of you folks out in the desert, it's been so moist, you don't know what to do in December, huh? And it's not even raining. It's just like dew in the morning. But there's, I have less static in my clothes. Every December, my hands crack, and I have static in my clothes, and I have neither right now. So I'm pretty excited. It feels like streams in the desert. Restore our fortunes, Lord, as streams renew the desert. You get a little bit of moisture here for a month or two, and everything turns green. Have you all noticed that? That's not magical. That is the blessed hand of God. He opens his hand, Scripture says in Psalms, and he feeds every living thing. He gives us everything that satisfies us. Look at this. I love this. Verse 5. Those who plant in tears will harvest with shouts of joy. Some of you say, man, I got to i got to smile now because I sowed in tears, man, all these years of heartbreak. Some of you have given tithe and offering in tears just about, right? People go, well, God loves a cheerful giver. Yeah, but he doesn't hate a sorrowful, sorrowful giver. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. I've seen people giving, and they're like, man, I don't even know. I trust God, though. It's going crazy. Life's crazy. Those who plant in tears, though, is the promise, will harvest with shouts of joy. It's hard to do shouts of joy and not smile, huh? It really is. It ties into rejoicing. I wanted a separate point because I want you to smile. I know God wants you to smile. And here's what I've noticed about smiling. It attracts people to you. Have you ever noticed that? If people are too somber, I've dealt with folks like that in managing personnel, church staff, other things. If someone's too somber, I remember I had a guy here years ago that was real somber, and another guy from my Bible study found me, and he goes, hey, man, hey, man. He looks at me like he wants to beat me up. I was like, that's not as hard. I don't think he wants to do that. And he goes, no, man, he's always looking at me serious. Well, he didn't smile much. He should have smiled more. That was on him. But the other, it was on, on the other guy because he was all paranoid, too. He's like, man, Pastor Matt, 
I was like, bro, you need to rejoice and smile too and don't worry about him. He looks at me like, you know, he looks at me like he hates me, no? When you smile, it attracts people to you. It gives you favor. It shows delight and gratefulness, I believe. And it should always be part of your living. Smiling. Someone say smile. You say, man, how did Pastor Matt find that in Scripture? Hey, it's right there. I'm telling you, it makes you more pleasant. It draws people to you. I believe it draws God on the scene when you're rejoicing and worshiping and smiling, loving him and loving others. Here, This is me. I know some people smile less than others. You're not going to, not every personality is the same. I'm smiling all the time, or often, I should say, not all the time. It'll be a few days, and my wife goes, baby, you all right? She does this face. She goes, I don't know, I saw you, and you were like this. That's a cara de mula. <laughs> that's, a, that's a mule face. You ever had that? It's like, hey, it's time to smile now. Your smile shows that you're rejoicing in God. Start to laugh. Work on it. Practice it. Someone say practice it. Yeah, practice makes better. Those who plant in tears will harvest with shouts of joy. Verse 6, they weep as they go to plant their seed. Yeah, it happens sometimes. But they sing as they return with the harvest. They sing as they return with the harvest. You know why you felt God's presence in here this morning? We were worshiping together. We were worshiping together. We took time to magnify God over our circumstances. That's why worship is so important. We say, God, you're number one. You have all the answers. We don't have it figured out, but we're going to rejoice. And while we rejoice, truly rejoice, and show great joy or delight, we're going to smile and laugh. Somebody say amen. You got to practice it, though. You got to practice it. It doesn't come natural for some people. I've had, to, I've had to work, and I know it feels like my job sometimes, but even at the store sometimes I think, I'm, I'm going to see if I can get them to smile. You deal with someone, I'm like, man, I know it's tough. Who knows? And sometimes they'll open up to you and say, man, I just lost someone. They're heartbroken, but I want to see them smile. Not for my sake, but for their sake. I know it's going to brighten their day if they'll smile a little. Years ago, there was a lady. She was a cashier. I love using cashiers as my examples. She's so sweet, but I didn't know she was sweet because she was heartbroken. And I think it was during 2020, of all years, right? The COVID year, la covidia. She starts, she was smiling. I'd see her at the store, and she was smiling. And, and I said, hey, how's it going? She had a beautiful name. And, and she said, man, I was, I was going through a dark season for some years, but God has been good to me. He's bringing me out. She started telling me some of the things she'd been through. And it was amazing. And she was one of the few I could hardly get to smile. She'd, she'd just kind of go. I was like, there's progress. That, that right side of her mouth lifted a little bit. But usually it was like this. Like, are you done, sir? Like, go on. Don't mess with me. Don't try to get me to be cheerful. But it was amazing to see that God had done something for her. And she was smiling. And she had beautiful white teeth, too. I was thinking, wow. And she looked like a different person smiling. It's so amazing the difference between a blank stare and a smile. So it's time for you to live again by rejoicing, by smiling and laughing. Let's get into this one. Look at my third point. It's deep today. I'm telling you, it's deep. Share. There's some things we learned in kindergarten, especially in Christian schools. I don't know what they're teaching now in the public schools completely. We need all of you who teach in the public schools or, or you're part of the public school or you volunteer to be a light out there. But I remember when I was in kindergarten, in school, they taught us to share. Did they teach you guys to share? 
They may still be teaching that. Here, share. No, it's mine. You know, what, are, what do five-year-olds and six-year-olds think? They're thinking all day long, mine, 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 naturally, right? But we are called to share. Let's go to Romans 12, 13. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Hospitality is a different way of saying generosity. It's opening your home. It's opening your church. It's opening your car to people. It doesn't mean you just pick up hitchhikers, okay? Not necessarily. But you can be hospitable, especially during the season. You say, man, I'm not good at that. Practice hospitality this season. Invite somebody over your house you love. Invite a neighbor. Invite a friend. Bless them. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Now, I'm going to talk about sharing in different ways. Let's go to Hebrews 13, 15. Look at this one. Therefore, let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to God, proclaiming our allegiance to his name. And don't forget to do good and to share with those in need. These are the sacrifices that please God. Sharing. Let's go to Proverbs 11.25. I'm building a little foundation here for this last point. The generous will prosper. What is, what is a generous person? A giver. Someone who gives. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Do you need some of that sometimes? Man, it's amazing. There's seasons of giving and there's seasons of receiving. I know Jesus said it's better to, it's better to give than it is to receive, but I remember... There's been seasons in my life where someone gave to me, and it wasn't just a gift or money. Maybe it was they were sharing some of their faith, their time, their stuff, their talents, their gifts, their joy, their delight, whatever it was. And I thought, thank you, Lord, that came at just the right time. That came at just the right time. So you never know when you are a timely someone for somebody else when you are sharing at the right time so do it all the time be hospitable be a giver be generous not just with tithe and offering but with your faith share your faith did you know there's a whole world out there that needs to know what god has done for you there's a whole world out there and i love i love building relationships with people even if it's just on an airplane ride just one one shot may never see them again and it's amazing that you can do that by letting them talk. And it's amazing also how God will begin to work through your words. And I always love it when people finally get to the point and go, they've already been talking, saying they needed to get back in church. They need to marry their boyfriend. They need to marry their girlfriend. And they go, well, what do you do? I go, you would not believe it. They go, what? I'm a pastor. They go, really? Wow. And I'm like, yeah, here I am sitting next to you, and I'm getting to talk to you, and I'm a pastor. And I'm going to be praying for you. I'm, I'm, I'm going to remember your name. I'll remember your boyfriend's name or whatever. And I'm going to be praying for you. I was talking to a lady on a flight, and it was amazing. She claimed she was an introvert, but you know, introverts are good one-on-one. -on -one. And man, she talked about her whole life story, her relationship with her boyfriend, her kids, their pets, just everything. And it was amazing. There's that word again, because it is amazing to me, and I'm overusing it. But she would look at me sometimes, and she would have tears in her eyes as she was seeing how good God had been to her. Even with her maybe bad decisions here and there, God had been good to her. And she got to sit there and talk, and we talked about, yeah, it was time for them to get back to church. Amazing. And she brought that up before I even knew I was a pastor. And so I said, hey, I'll do your wedding for free if you want to get married. I can marry you guys. 
get y'all right. I said, I'm old-fashioned, but it's according to the word. She goes, oh, man, we need to do that. And she's thinking, and God is working on her, all because I wasn't stingy with my time. Now, look, that doesn't mean you have to get on an airplane and talk to everybody. It doesn't. Because some of you right now are going, oh, my gosh, Pastor Matt's saying I have to talk to everybody. I get on a plane, and I'm like, I don't, I don't know if Ariana's in here. Is she in here? Yeah, she's like, she's getting the airplane. She's like, I'm done talking. God bless you. Okay. She's with earbuds. And you know what people do when you put your earbuds? They go. You've you got to have time where you, you don't have to talk. But sometimes God places it on a silver platter for you. And it's time to share. Not every moment is time to share. Some people think every moment is time to share. Well, I remember four score and three years ago. My family moved. You know, it's, it, not every time is time to share. Or a history lesson. Not every time. You've got to be led by the Spirit. But when it's served up on a silver platter, I've told you guys over the years, someone will just drag in and go, man, I don't know if life's worth it. What is life really for? What do you think? Do you have any answers? And you're going, uh, yes, Jesus is the answer. You may not have to give a long answer, but God will just serve up moments where you can share. And that is part of you living again is being able to share. You can't keep everything for yourself or you'll, you'll be like the Dead Sea. No outlet. You've got to share. You've got to share. The generous will prosper. Say, man, with money, time, gifts, tithe, offering, whatever it is you have to give, your talents, your joy, your delight, your stuff, the generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Let's go over our three points today, real easy ones, on how to live again. Well, you've got to be able to enjoy life by rejoicing. Someone say rejoice. Uh-huh. Number two, smile. You can add laugh to that, but I just put it basic, smile. Every laugh starts with a smile, I hope. I knew a guy that would laugh and not smile. It was pretty rare. He'd go, <laughs> Never really knew what that meant, but I said, well, I think maybe he is smiling on the inside. So rejoice, smile, and somebody say share. Not every time is the time to share, but the time is coming. It may be today, it may be tomorrow, it may be tomorrow morning. But be generous. Be ready to share your faith and your time. Share moments with people. I love that seize the moment statement because this moment, it's going to be hard to recapture. Probably never again will we have every single person in here with me right now, with all of us, every exact person in here sitting in the same position, listening with a readiness to listen with those ears. So share. Share moments. Share time. Share your faith. Can I get an amen in this house? Go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes today, if you would, please. It's time for you, family of God, to live again. It really is. Time for you to live again. Don't wait. He's brought you from death to life. You know, Pastor Jen already led, led us in a sinner's prayer this morning, a prayer of salvation. But if there is anyone else in this house who says, Pastor Matt, I need to accept Jesus and make him the Lord of my life. And I still haven't done it. I need to do it now. Maybe for those of you on the live stream as well. Would you raise a hand and we're going to pray together. This is so important. I cannot ignore this, jump it, skip it, move on. I want to share this moment with you. Is there anyone in this house that says, Pastor Matt, I need to accept Jesus and make him the Lord of my life. If that's you, raise your hand. All right. Would you pray this prayer with me? Every head bowed, every eye closed. God has something for you. 
Say, Heavenly Father, cleanse me of my sin. Without you, I'm just a sinner. I want to be your child. Please forgive me, Lord. Cleanse me by the blood. I confess and believe that Jesus died and rose again for me. I confess him as my Lord. Say, Jesus is my Lord. Say, I believe and I'm saved from myself, from my past, and from hell. I believe. Say, Jesus is the only way and he is my king. In Jesus' name. I want everybody to look at me now. If God spoke to you this morning in some form or fashion with the message that was brought, would you raise your hand? I'm going to pray with you today. Keep those hands up. Let's just all agree. Everybody in the house, go ahead and raise your hand. Let's just all pray together. Father, I thank you for your people. Thank you for what you're doing in their lives. I thank you for those they represent. I thank you for even the impossible people in their lives that they represent. They're coming to you. There are those who came this morning saying, God, I'm believing for someone. I don't know who that is, but God says, I've heard you, and I'm going to bring them in. You'll see. It may not be pretty, but he's going to bring them in. Stop worrying. Start praying and give him the thanks. Scripture says, don't worry about anything, but pray about everything and thank him for the answers. I thank you today for your people, Lord God, who have received. May they share it. May they live it. May they smile and rejoice because this is the day the Lord has made. Lord, when we remember how you rescued us and brought us back to you, which is home. Oh, man, it was like a dream. It still feels like a dream sometimes, God. It feels surreal. But here we are now because you called us back to you. And we praise you and thank you today. Thank you for that. God most high, we worship you. May your word fall on good ground in these hearts. And may they apply it as they obey you. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. We just worship you, Lord God. We praise you for today because you're good. Thank you, God most high. There is none like you, God. We praise you because you're worth it. We praise you because you are worthy. The Lamb has prevailed. He is worthy. He is worthy. Praise God. May the Lord bless you and protect you. Smile upon you and be gracious to you. May he give you of his favor and of his perfect peace today. We give you glory, Lord, for your people. We thank you for your presence. And I thank you for everyone who's here today, God. And we honor you. In Jesus' name.